Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Amen, amen. Good morning. Happy New Year. Say goodbye to 2021 forever, forever, it's gone, it's history, it's behind us. Wow, you guys look great, it's great to see you, I thank you, it's great to be seen, uh, it's good to be here today. By faith, uh, I am going to preach the next three weeks, and uh, my, uh, my team was a little scared this morning because I had 15 pages of notes. But I said, that's for the next three weeks, because I have faith I'm going to get to point two today. And uh, I'm a man of real faith, so I have, I have eight points. No, I should get to point three today. I need to get to point three. So y'all just cheer me on to point three. Just say, get there, Pastor. Um, Christmas Eve, one of our worship team members uh, and his wife, Edwin and Karen. I hope it's okay for me to share this because I'm going to anyhow. Um, if it's not Edwin, you better run out here real quick. He's back there watching it on screen. Anyhow, Edwin and Karen got a phone call. They've been trying to adopt a baby for several years. And uh, they got a phone call on Christmas Eve, Eve, 23rd, drove to Jacksonville and met the baby on the 24th and had the baby home on Christmas Day. Two days old, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little girl. I mean, gorgeous. I can't wait to hold her and kiss her cheeks. I'll, I'll kiss any baby's cheeks, so, um, and I'm not a politician. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was low, wasn't it? Just kidding, if there's any in the congregation this morning. So over the last several weeks, uh, I've been, you know, doing a lot of praying for this year and uh, talking to the Father about uh, all that's gone on over the last couple of years and uh, looking forward to moving into what the Lord has for us in 2022. I'm not going to stand up here and say it's going to be the greatest year ever. I've heard enough pastors say that and prophets. And then they all said that in 21. I hope I didn't say it because it really wasn't a very good year, except we survived. Amen. We didn't quit. We didn't give up. We didn't back up. Uh, we pressed in. And, um, but I, I believe that what the Lord has in store for us coming in this year uh, is going to be significant for everyone who has an ear to hear. Okay, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're, you're hearing. We're called to have an ear to hear, and, and by the Spirit, what we hear is going to change and revolutionize our life. Can you say amen to that? So, you know, as you uh, came into this year, um, and you started the process. Many of you maybe are those kind of folks that at the beginning of every year, you make a lot of false promises to yourself. Uh, man, before you go and join a, a fitness center membership tomorrow, just pause on it, give it a few days and make sure it's what you really want to do. Because otherwise, they're not going to give you a refund. Okay? And uh, man, fitness centers love I shouldn't be saying this, Sherman, should I? Sure, 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 sure. I mean, except for sermons. If you go to sermons, you can't quit. He's going to come after you. 
he, he's like, a, he's, I mean, don't join his unless you plan on being there because he will come after you. You will get phone calls and texts and emails, but, but all the rest of them, <laughs> you know, they just take your money and then after about eight days, they start putting all the equipment away that they had pulled out because the people are no longer there. And a lot of people make a lot of false promises at the beginning of each year to themselves. And then after eight or nine days, it becomes very disappointing and you go through a condemnation thing. And, uh, and I, I found it's better just to wait on the Holy Spirit, hear what he has to say and allow the process. Tonight, 6.30, we're going to start seven days of gathering. I'm inviting, encouraging, challenging, begging you to come. I saw one of the one of our social things that says, you know, come as much as you can. No, come every night, starting tonight. There's nothing more important for this year than to start out with your family. Dads, there's nothing more important. There's no, there's no turkey that needs to be shot, deer that needs to be chased, golf ball that needs to be hit. Tonight through Saturday night for seven nights, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to clean out our ears with spiritual Q-tips and ask God to show himself mighty to us. If you want a different outcome for 2022, you got you to gotta change what you are doing in 2021. If you want to hear clearer, uh, you got to press in. God's not showing up to casual inquirers, ever. He's showing up to those who hunger and thirst to hear his voice. And if you hunger and thirst, hear me. Here's the promise. You will hear. No matter what the enemy brings against you. You know, one of the declarations I've been making all of this last year. Um, let me pause and pray, and then I want to share just a quick report. Father, I thank you for this word for these next few weeks that you have me speak into our house. I pray that everyone in this room has an ear to hear. Even though some of these points are points that they've heard before, I pray that they will hunger and thirst to say, Lord, out of this, what are you saying to me this year? Many, Father, in this house, this year, for the first time ever, completed and read through the whole Bible this year as we did it as a house together every day, reading devotion and praying and, and, and getting into the Word. And I thank you for what you, I thank you for the testimonies, Father, from some of the wives that have shared about their husbands. Husbands don't even know, I, I know, but I know. And I'm thankful for what you've been doing in their lives. And I pray that it will continue as they hunger to open up the Word of God and press into these latter days that we're living in. And so I ask your blessing upon your Word. Let your anointing be strong on every scripture, every word, Father, that it will indeed uh, challenge, motivate, convict. Wherever we are on our journey, this Word will work in us today, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So just a quick report on what's been going on in my life. Um, one, I've had some good, uh, obviously most of you know in th at Thanksgiving I had developed a few blood clots on my lungs, which is not a good thing. And, and uh, so they were treating me and I was praying and asking Holy Spirit to do supernaturally. I'm all, I believe in the doctors. I believe in their meds. Man, I'll let every one of them do what they need to do. Um, you know, the ones that I trust. And then I depend upon God because God's the only one that heals. Amen. 
I mean, I want my doctor to be the best doctor he can be and anointed, his hands, his mind. I, I want them to have wisdom when they sit down at the computer and look over all my numbers. Because can I tell you something? I don't know what all those numbers mean. I go in and, and meet my doctor and they draw blood and then they come out and give me about three pages of sheets, you know, and I just go through and, and I know what white blood cell is and red blood cell is now and I know what my platelets are and I know what A and C is, but I don't know what all the other hundred are. But they're obviously important because two years ago when I was diagnosed, uh, there were like 17 that said uh, a little thing on the side, it would say either high or low. And for all of you non-medical people, you don't want high or low. You want normal. You want, you want it in the green, not the yellow, not the red. And so um, over this uh, last uh, couple of months, actually, uh, just trusting God uh, to walk out what I believe, and I've told you all this, what I believe the word of the Lord is to me is I'm healed. I am waiting for every part of my body to line up with what God's word already says. So one of the things that I proclaim, and it has to do with this first point that I'll get to in a moment in my message is, one of the things I proclaim over myself every day is I proclaim that I will live and not die to do the work of the ministry, to preach the gospel wherever God has the opportunity for me to do. And that's not, that's not just a rash, bold, cliche-ish statement. It, I am declaring I will live and not die, not for my purpose, but for his purpose. And the fact that's what he promised in the book of Psalms. David wrote that and declared that I will do, I will live and not die and do the work which I've been called to do. So every time, and, and this is not just for my life, all of us, every time you have an obstacle that comes against that word, you have to decide, are you going to stand on what God's word has to say or how you feel? Now, how many of you know pain does not feel good? I mean, when you're sick and you don't feel good, I don't care, you know, what anybody says, they can proclaim everything over you, but you got to walk through some stuff, don't you? And you have to decide when you're in the midst of it. Many of you that, that have uh, been attacked with this COVID thing over the last two years um, have gone through, you know, you went for a year, year and a half, you're just cruising and man, you're touching everybody and hugging everybody and you just finally think, well, I'm never going to get it. And then all of a sudden you get it and it kicked your butt. Now I know for a fact, it kicked a lot of butts in this house. I mean, people that are just strong and whatever, you know, all of a sudden you're dealing with fatigue and, and how many of you know, until you've actually experienced fatigue, you can't explain fatigue to anyone. Fatigue is a crazy thing. It's, to me, it's demonic. I mean, it hits you, and you just like, you're done. Wherever you are, if you're driving, you better pull over. I mean, you're done. You just, you can't keep your eye open. You got to lay down somewhere. It, it is a spiritual attack against you. And so when those things happen, you have to determine and decide what you're going to believe. Fatigue is real. Don't say it's not real. Just declare what God's word says over that. And so one of the things that, <coughs> excuse me, Holy Spirit had been speaking in my life, he had been giving me some dreams and some vision um, for ministering um, in a longer term than what the doctor said I would live. So I had to decide, you know, am I going to believe the word of the Lord and the voice of the Lord 
Or am I going to believe what the doctors say based on their knowledge of what my body's going through? And so when you decide, and, and, and hear me, when you make declarations, these don't have to be declarations to other people. A lot of people can't handle what God's speaking to you. So you just need to stop telling them. Okay, there are some things you just need to hide in your heart because it's too much for anybody else. Because you look like you're dying. And yet, the word of the Lord is, you're going to live. You're going to preach my gospel. And you know what? Anytime, even standing right here, right now, declaring this, you know, the, the monkey, the devil on your shoulder, what's he whispering? Boy, I'm going to make a fool out of you. I'm going to kill you, and then everybody's going to go, well, yeah, what, what about your God? You have, to, you have to know the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. And accusation and lies are always of the enemy. So you declare, no, no, this is what God said. God put this dream in my heart to preach here. God put this word in my heart that I'm going to be doing this. God put this word in my heart. And, you know, God hasn't given me a word for who I'm going to pass the baton to one day. So obviously in the natural, in the spirit realm, I, I, I have to choose making the decision. And you have to choose to make the decision. What did God say? Then you hang on to that. When you go through battles, like what I went through at Thanksgiving, one day I'm fine having a meal, the next day I'm feeling yucky, and my doctor said, anytime you feel yucky, stop calling me and texting me and asking me what's going on, it's chemo. And I said, okay, so I don't call the doctor anymore, I just complained to my wife, honey, I feel really weird today. She said, okay, I've heard that before. And, and I mean, there's nothing she can do for me but I want somebody to hear it, <laughs> you, know, you know? So, honey, I, I don't feel good today. She, I, she said, I know, honey, you remember doctor said it's chemo. I said, okay. So that was the day after Thanksgiving. Two days later, on Saturday, honey, I really don't feel good. Okay, I'm going shopping with my sisters. Call me if you need me. <laughs> There's nothing she can do for me, you know? She said, what will make you feel good? But probably go sit somewhere like Starbucks, have a coffee and read. Well, then go do that. Call me if you need me, you know. But uh, so I did that. And, I, and by the end of the day, I felt worse. And we were going to get up Sunday, go to church, and then come home. And she wakes me up early Sunday morning. She said, what's wrong? And I was like, well, I thought I was dreaming. And she said, I said, what's, she said, what's wrong? I said, I don't, what are you talking about? She said, you're screaming. Like, what do you mean I'm screaming? She said, like, screaming. And about that time, after I said screaming, it took enough breath that I tried to take a deep breath, and it was like, oh, and that was it. That was all the breath I could get. And so after a half an hour, an hour, feeling really weird, I text my daughter-in-law, Jess, text my doctor, and they both said, go to the ER. So I went to the ER, long story short, got diagnosed, had three clots, blood clots in my lungs. And so every time I tried to breathe, there was no oxygen. The clots were squeezing, and, and I was in a lot of pain. So I was very thankful when I screamed in front of the doctor uncontrollably. Embarrassing, but there's nothing you can do about what you can't do anything about. Did I say that? Is that right? Was that close? I, I can't repeat it. Um, so anyhow, he goes, just a minute, I'll be right back. And he goes out, and literally 30 seconds, he comes back in with a big needle. And I uh, stuck something in my IV that was in my arm. And I literally, in, in a matter of seconds, I could feel it just going through my body. And, and the pain relieved a little bit. And he said, you have clots. We're going to admit you and, and, uh, and start giving you some shots every 12 hours. And so 
and then they put me on pain meds. I'm a man of faith. I don't normally like pain meds. I love me some pain meds. <laughs> I, I was like, it was good I didn't have one of those, you know. You ever, I've never had one of those where I've seen people lay in the hospital and just do that. It doesn't do anything because, you know, it's fake. But, uh, uh, I mean, like every hour I'd be going, honey, call the nurse because this pain's coming back. And so for 48 hours, every four hours, they were giving me a double dose of oxycodone, and then every two hours, they were putting a needle in my IV and relieving the whatever until, and, and I was seriously thankful that God gave the wisdom to whoever, the doctors, to create something that because your body won't heal as long as it's in massive pain. And so, I went through that process, and in the midst of it, you know, on the one hand, I'm remembering my mom at 87 died of a blood clot that wrapped around her lung, and she died in eight minutes. And it's not a, it's, it's not a good death. And, uh, and, and on the other hand, I'm remembering what is the word of the Lord? I will live and not die. So I, I'm, I'm going through this battle and all, in the midst of it all, I'm thinking about the purpose of God. Because, you know, to say you're healed when you're still walking through something, some people will say, well, you're just lying against the truth. No, I'm not. I'm declaring that the Word of God is stronger than what's going on in my body. Because the fact is, I'm, I'm dealing with stuff. But the truth and the promise of God's Word, which is the greatest uh, word of all, is that by His stripes you were healed. Not going to be, but you were. So the minute hands were laid on me, men of faith, women of faith prayed over me, I believe at that moment my body comes under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Your body comes under, your marriage comes under, your family comes under. You have to begin to declare what is the word of the Lord for your circumstance and what you're going through. So I'd say all that to say this, in the midst of your battles like we had in 2021, the word of the Lord for us for today, for tomorrow, for this year had not changed. The purpose of God that was declared to us and you don't, you, don't need, you don't always need a prophet to tell you the word of the Lord when you have the word of God and God speaking by his Holy Spirit into your spiritual ears. It's the best kind of word you'll ever get from God. I love when a prophetic word comes to me that's a confirmation to what Holy Spirit's been saying to me. Amen? But when somebody gives me a prophetic word and I haven't heard it, that word could be for Tom, Dick, and Harry, and not for me at all. And yet I'm trying to cling to it, hang on to it, and then I make that the word instead of what did God say? Because God's word always comes to pass. Amen? So, with that being said, I'm going to share eight words out of the word for the Rock of Gainesville, for us, for 2022. These are not new words straight out of heaven that you've never heard, okay? Everything that is, was, and will forever be, but how it comes to you as revelation is up to you. If you sit there and say, oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard Pastor preach, or Pastor Jamie preach, or Pastor Ron preach on that before, you know, so I'm gonna just you know, doze off, go do some surfing on the internet. Um, 
you're going to miss out on what God has to say. Because every one of these words over the last few days as I've just been meditating. See, Holy Spirit will speak a word and then you go to the word, the word of God. And you open it up and you find confirmation to what you believe you heard a word. Because a word needs to be the word. Amen? Anybody can give you a word. How many of y'all have had a word from somebody that proclaimed to be a prophet and you tried to follow it and it messed you up? Don't put your hands up. <laughs> it's a dangerous place to live. The first A word that I got was from a prophet at a youth-oriented ministry in Brandon, Florida um, when I was a, about 18 years old. And this prophet uh, laid hands on me and prophesied that I was going to Africa and I was to leave in the next three weeks with this team that was going. And uh, man, whoo, I went home. I didn't even know what a passport was. I went home and said, what do I got to do go, to go on this trip? Because it's the, it's the word of the Lord. No, it was a word, not from the Lord. But I, I received a word as the word. And had I not had my pastor, Quentin Edwards, sit me down, those of you who've been around here a long time have heard a, a portion of this story, but he, right before he started, he, he said, just a moment, he takes out, this is, some of y'all don't even know what these are, but he took out a little cassette player, and he put a cassette in it, and he, you know, you got to do the two fingers, you got to hit the play record, and, and he recorded that. It's in my desk, in my office, this was 40 for 46 years ago. And he, he, he scolded me with the word, <laughs> not a word. See, that prophet, he was gone. I didn't know who he was, couldn't remember his name. But Pastor Edwards took responsibility as my pastor and shepherd over my soul to go, first of all, you ain't got no money. Nor do you have a passport. What's a passport? It's something you need to leave the country and you can't get it in three weeks. And, and thirdly, he said, you ain't got nothing to offer. Like even your testimony won't do anybody any good. How many know I was built up edified and ready for the work of the ministry? I thought I was God's man for the hour, man. I got a prophetic word to go to Africa. I had something to give. I think it's ironic and interesting. I don't know if I've ever tied these two together, but, but 20 years, 15 years later, 1831, how many years is that? 13? 14, 13, 14 years later, when my pastor and apostle called me and said, I need you to go with me somewhere. I was thinking we we're going to North Carolina. He said, you need a passport because we're going to Africa. Wow, that prophet, he got a little bit right. <laughs> he got the leaving in three weeks wrong. But wow. Ooh, I just got goosebumps on that. Because, see, some, well, I don't have time to preach this. I, gotta get to, I haven't got to my message. I got 15 pages. The title, the title is Living the Life. All right, here we go. We're, we're on the message. All right, I'm, I'm going to start. Here we go. So, so I've been praying this word, a word from the word, and 
Holy Spirit spoke eight things to me that I'm going to share over the next three weeks. I'm going to give those to you real quick, and then we're going to break them down one by one um, until the clock rings or y'all start walking out. So the eight things are this. The first one I'm about to deal with, living with purpose. The second one, the word. The third one, worship. The fourth one, prayer. The fifth one, keeping the faith. Wow, I spent like two hours yesterday just reading through all the scriptures about faith that Jesus spoke. Just Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four chapters, four books. Wow. By faith, you're healed. By faith, your sins are forgiven. By faith to the little lady who reached through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. By your faith, you've been made well. By whose faith? By whose faith? By whose faith? Say mine. My faith. Not Pastor George's faith. And the truth of the matter is, unless you have a gift of faith, which is a part of the nine gifts of the Spirit, or a gift of miracles, your faith, is not going to change my life or circumstance, but it will change yours. That's good. Your faith is what you need to walk through your circumstances of life. You got to have, you got, well, I'm going to preach all that probably next week. All right. What, what number was that? Five. Keep the faith. Number six, know God's love. Number seven, I got to stop because I'll preach them. Number seven, put on. See, to put on something, and if you, if you don't even remember where that comes from, Ephesians, powerful, Colossians. To put on something, you first got to put off something else. See, if I wanted a black jacket this morning instead of this jacket, actually I came out with a white jacket that I bought this last year by faith. <laughs> Haven't worn it yet. Because every time I pull it out of the closet and try it on, it looks good, but it's just like, not yet. So this morning I'm thinking, man, I got some black pants and black shirt on, man, my white jacket with black buttons would look good. So I put it on and Suzanne said, um, not a little too much. So I took it off and hung it back and put the cover back over it and hung it back in the closet for another day or hour or till I give it away. But, uh. But to put this one on, I had to take the white one off. And, and to put on the things that God has. I'm not talking about your salvation. See, that, that's, that's a whole different story. That's by faith. That's a gift. That comes from God. But as you begin to walk with God, he's going to require you. Oh, this is so good. Not because I'm saying it, because it's just so good. That's why you got to have the word and the spirit and worship and prayer because it's in those times when Holy Spirit speaks a word, you got to take off something. You got to take off something. Maybe it's the time you spend with ungodly people, not as a testimony of righteousness, but you just, you just kind of, your flesh is kind of enjoying, you know, you're still saved and everything, but you're just kind of enjoying where they, where they are. And he, he, he might say, you got to take it off. Because I want you to put something else on that's going to be life to you. And then number eight, fear not. 
I'm absolutely convinced 2021, one of the main themes of 2021 was the fear that affected the church of Jesus Christ. And fear has to be, that's one of those things that has to be put off. It has to be put off. Because, I mean, for me, I have to put it off every single day. It's not like you just hang it up in the closet and go, I'm done with you. No, no, the next day you find it without even trying, it jumped back on you. And the word of the Lord is fear, anxiety, and confusion are not of God, period. But you're, you're not going to walk in victory over fear until you have something in you that gives you the strength. The conviction's there, Holy Spirit's speaking, but until you make a choice to walk it out, some of you, well, there's, there, there are so many things that the enemy uses, but to, I've never known a year like 2021 where fear has affected the house of God like it did. But in the midst of it, God was showing himself mighty to everyone who said, I have fear, but fear is not going to have me. I reject this. I rebuke this. I'm putting this aside. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean to be ignorant. It doesn't mean to be foolish. But the reality is, is that we have lived our lives based on what, I, I, don't, I don't even want to go near the whole political mess. But, but somebody in my office and I were talking this morning, the problem is if you're listening to the media to find out how you're supposed to live, you're going to live confused, anxious, and full of fear because you don't know who to believe. And when you ask your doctors, many of our doctors... They just believe everything that comes down the pipe. And so what they're spewing over to you is fear, doubt, unbelief, anxiety. You got to wear a mask. You got to wear a double mask. Got to put a shield over the mask. And then, and, and then they come out a few weeks ago and go, well, the cloth masks don't work. After they sold like a billion dollars worth of them. A piece of cloth. You now pay like $25 to have a little strap over your ear. You know, I heard one person and all they ever called them were snot rags. We, we put all these snot rags on our little kids, send them to school and all day long, they're rubbing their nose and they're wiping that stuff all in their face. But we're doing it because we're full of fear that our children are gonna get sick and die and we, we don't know who to believe and so all this confusion comes in where we need to go to, do you think God has an answer? And do you think he'll speak it to you? And do you think you'll be able to hear him when he does if you're full of the word and not full of stupid vision? You, see, you gotta, you gotta put off some things to put on something else so that you're not bound up in fear. Now, I gotta get to point one, okay? I'm preaching seven and eight, all right. Number one, we're gonna go there right now. I got 14 minutes. I love this because I could really get lost in here for, not lost, found in here for a little bit. But the first one's living with purpose. Jeremiah chapter 29, you know this scripture, but I'm going to read it to you and ask you to listen really differently than maybe you've heard it preached even by me before. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and 12. For I know the plans, okay, God's speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And I believe the word is as relevant 
for us today as it was when God spoke it to Jeremiah, to the people of Israel. So if that's true, listen to it in that light. For God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for what? Welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come Sunday night at 6.30 and join all the rest of the body of Christ because there's no reason to stay home. There's, there's no game worth watching that's more important than the salvation of your family. And so, therefore, you're given seven days, the beginning, the new year. You're starting this new year, seven days, going, then you will pray to me, and what? And say it out loud. He, God, will hear you. Can I tell you there's something about corporate prayer that you never get in private prayer? Private prayer, that's the foundation. Okay, if you're only praying once a week when you come to church, you ain't praying. You're wishing and hoping. But there's something about when we gather for corporate prayer. I'm agreeing with Ron. I'm agreeing with Melissa and Brian. I'm agreeing with Ollie. I'm I'm agreeing with, with John over there, Nigel. I'm listening to their prayers And I'm agreeing with their prayer over what they're praying, whether it's for their family, their son, their daughter, the church, the nation. How many of you think our our nation needs some prayer right now? How many of you think that our nation's probably about as weak as it's ever been in your lifetime? And we need God. And listen, don't be praying prayers (laughs) that are out of your flesh and anger don't be praying that, that the president will be, uh, you know, run out of office. Don't be trying to become the Holy Spirit because you don't know if number two might be worse than number one. Number three might be worse than number two. You better leave it to God and ask God to have mercy on our nation to stop Allowing our leaders to weaken our nation, to weaken our dollar bill. I pulled up in the pump the other day in my little tiny white car and paid $4.04 for gas. I drive that little car because it has a small tank. And I used to could fill it up for $20. But it cost me $4.40. $40.40. Did I say that right? $40. I almost, had a, I almost had to stop at one gallon. Just kidding. I can afford it. I just don't want to pay it. Why are we paying $4 for gas when a year ago we were paying $1.99? I mean, what happened? Are we running out of gas? No. It's leadership. So do we need to pray for leadership? And when you got to pray for something that you don't know how to pray without getting all in your own flesh, you got to pray in the Spirit. Because your, your prayers, 
might not be prayers God's going to answer. So it's okay to say, Lord, I, I need to pray for my nation, but I don't even know how to pray for them. But you do. So I'm going to pray in the spirit realm. I'm going to pray in a heavenly language until I have a release. Tonight, we're going to worship. We're going to break through. I'm going to ask all you moms with your kids, leave their iPads at home, coloring books at home, everything. We're going to spend an hour, hour and 10 minutes, and we're going to press in and focus. And you need to bring your children because they desperately need to learn how to worship, and they desperately need to learn how to pray. They need to learn how to hear the voice of God when they're six years old and eight. You know why I'm doing what I'm doing today? Because at eight years of age, God spoke to me in a way that I understood. He saved me, he forgave me, and he called me to preach the gospel. And he said, if I would love him all the days of my life, I would preach the gospel all over the world. I would say 171 trips around the world would pretty much solidify what I heard God say. Is he through with me? I don't think so. Are there places that I'm going to preach? I believe there is. But all that matters is, am I hearing the voice of the Lord today for me, and am I walking it out? Why? Because that's going to be a part of you fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8 says this, Jesus speaking to the multitude and to his disciples, and he said, ask, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone, who's everyone? That's you, right? You qualify for everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, knock. It will be open to you. Why is it important that we begin this year together corporately in prayer, in worship, in an exhortation? Every night, one of the pastoral team, one of my ministry team will stand up here and give a five, six, seven minute exhortation to help us through the word of God to stir ourselves to believe God for whatever God's speaking, no matter how supernatural it seems. I want to believe what I hear, but I gotta hear it first. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what, anything? No, no, hearing by the word. So we gotta hear the word, why? So it'll stir something in me to start going, I know what the reports are, but I know what God said. I continually speak this over my life. Why? Because 25, I guess 26 months ago now, the doctor said, without treatment, you'll be dead in three months. With treatment, a year or two. Okay, two years have come and gone. I'm going for three now. Okay? And... And the numbers are important to the doctors. They're not so much important to me, except they give me a, a degree of understanding of what's happening in my body. 
So when I go to the doctor and the report is not good, the labs are out of whack a little bit, what do I do? Oh my gosh. Or do I say, I walk out of the office and say to the paper, you say this, but I say my blood pressure is 120 over 80. I say that my white blood cell count is within the normal range. It's not two and it's not 10. I want it to be six, seven, or eight. My red blood count's no longer 1.8 or my red blood count's not high. My red blood, I speak it. You say, yeah, but that's not the truth. Yes, it is the truth. It, It might not be the fact, but it's the truth. Why? Because God already said. He said, you declare what I say, you declare the word of the Lord as though it were because with God, it already is. How many of you have come to the rock in the last year? Raise your hand. Whole bunch of you. How many of you have been here 20 years? How many of you have been here 34 years? That would just be my family, okay, the five of us. <laughs> Tad was on his way. Tad and Missy were on their way. And, uh, but hear me. Were you here and a part of the Rock of Gainesville 25 years ago? No, I wasn't here. But you were here. You just didn't know it yet. You're here. You're a part of our family that God has joined together, knit together. Jason and Rebecca, they left us. They couldn't stay away. Their little girl, every time they would come to visit, that was their problem. They'd come to visit, and she would whisper in my ear, Pastor, Pray for us to come back to Gainesville. Oh, God answers the prayer of babies. He answers the prayer of little teenage girls. And here they are today. Because even when they were gone, they were here. They were joined to me. They were joined to this house. So when we started the church with five people declaring we're here for a lifetime, I'll never forget, I stood in front of the little wooden, it wasn't little, it was heavy, it was full of rocks. It was like like that. But I stood in front of it and I said, the very first service, God planted us here. And when God's through with me, it'll be in this house fulfilling the purpose and plan of God. There is no greener grass anywhere out there. We're never going anywhere. We had five people. Suzanne said, honey, what if nobody shows up? That's God's business. I don't know how we're going to be making it with five of us. The boys are going to have to grow up quick and make a lot of money to support mom and dad. But, but, but I stood and proclaimed. And then I started prophesying. How many of you in here are black? Let me see your hand. Raise your hand if you're black. Don't be ashamed, but black. Man, I love it. Because I prophesied you in here. I called you in here. Brown, white, Asian, old, young, female, male, babies. I love babies. How many of y'all love babies? Gosh, I love babies. I realized I was telling Suzanne, we were talking the other day about, you know, those few years we went through a really tough time personally in our family. I buried eight of my family members in nine years. I, I told her the last one, I said, God, God didn't call me in the ministry to bury my family. But I buried them. But you know what I realized? Every time we buried one of my precious family members, Suzanne and I had a new grandbaby. Every time. God just brought us a baby. And it was a part of the healing process of the loss of dad or mom or my sister or my two brothers or my brother-in-law or my mother-in-law. God brought us grandbabies. And man, 
when you hold that grandbaby. And then you go read the Bible. I was reading, I was reading Genesis the other day, and I thought, you know, one day I'm going to be one of those who begot. I'm going to be a begotter. <laughs> and Pastor George begot Nathan, Andrew, and Luke. And Nathan, Andrew, and Luke lived 20, you know, lived 28, 24, I don't know how old Nathan was, lived 20-something years, and then he begot Caroline. And Andrew, he was married, and he lived, he, he lived uh, he, five years married, and then he begot Wyatt. And then, and then Wyatt's going to begot somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Caroline Nathan is going to begot somebody. <laughs> Caroline, you better live it righteous, baby. God has a righteous. And I'm going to be a begot. Oh, yeah, Pastor George, he begot a bunch of people. He was a good man. I remember my granddaddy used to talk about him. <laughs> but hear me, that's okay if I begot to the very end faithful and heard well done. Because that's all that's going to matter. Tonight will be a part of that. I didn't even finish point one. <laughs> I want to read you something that I read out of something this week. and I, it's, it's good. It's called The Importance of Purpose. And it really comes out of this verse, Jeremiah 29. It's a verse that reminds us that God's intentions towards us are good. Some of y'all still have a father wound that messes up your relationship with Almighty God. And you think that God is out after you, but he's not. He's out after you in a good kind of way. He pursues you. He loves you intentionally. One overlooked truth from this verse is that God does indeed have plans for you. God is purposeful. Do not think that God only, listen to this, reacts to things and tries to do his best when that happens. God's not reacting to COVID in 2020 and 2021. God's not reacting to that. God had a plan all along. And his plan was, I'm sure he was deeply disappointed in his church, but he didn't forsake us. He kept loving us, kept bringing the truth to us. Men of God began to rise up and say, enough is enough. It's time to get back to the house of God. It's time to get back into fellowship. It's time to begin to trust God for your children and your grandchildren and your parents and your grandparents. It's, it's time to begin to pursue God. It's time to be a light in the world today. This sick and dark world needs somebody that they can look to that has faith and hope and they're not living bound up in fear. We, we don't live full of faith and then condemn those who have a lack of faith. No, it says those who are stronger, let them love and support and help those who are weaker. There's never any guilt or shame or condemnation about where a person is on their journey here. But we all need each other. And when we're weak, we need somebody strong. A year ago, le 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 less than a year ago, and I'm closing. Suzanne and I were on our second extended stay in Little Rock. We spent 89 nights in Little Rock last year. 
I'm, true, I'm trusting God that I'm spending those nights at home in Gainesville this year outside of a couple of short visits. But we were there. It was, our, it was after the transplant. And uh, I'd had this, uh, what do you call it, Jess? Thing in my chest? A, a port? A central line in my chest. And it had this white hose about that big that went down into my heart valve. And it had three prongs out, and they would always do everything they were doing through um, this central line. But when they had put it in, I had been on some blood thinners. So when, they, when the uh, doctor and the nurse uh, put it in my chest, the doctor wrapped up, finished up, and he walked out and said, the nurse will take care of cleaning it up and getting it bandaged. Well, I'm under this tent and there's oxygen and, and I'm just laying there listening to them. And all of a sudden I realize after like five minutes, they're still pulling and tucking and pushing and holding and pressing that, that they forgot that I'm down there. And the girl that's working on me, the nurse, she's a, she's a PA actually. She had just come into Little Rock on, a, on a, one of those traveling whatever things. And uh, she's working away and she's talking to herself. Why is this not stop bleeding? Why can't I get this stop bleeding? And she's pressing, and she's just all, and, and, and I'm going, I finally go, hello, I'm in here. If, if you're having some problems, would you let me know about it? You know, uh, tell me what's going on. And she said, well, just, it's, it's no big deal. We're gonna, it'll be fine. We're going to get it stopped. And she kept pressing. And finally, after like 15 minutes, I said, well, would it help if you called for a doctor? And so one of the nurses went out of the room, doctor came back in and they're trying to figure out how to get me to stop bleeding around this uh, central line that they had put in. And I mean, they're pressing down and holding and uh, finally uh, they think they got it and they get it all cleaned up and wrap me up. And, and so uh, six weeks later, I've had this thing in my chest the whole time and uh, finally got through transplants the last day, got my doctor's appointment. He's blessed me to go home. And so all that's left is to go by uh, infusion section and get them to pull this uh, cable uh, central line out of my chest. And so I get there, it's late in the afternoon. All the patients have gone home. There's only a couple of nurses there. And one of them's a little Filipino nurse that uh, we had talked a lot about uh, together about ministry and her and her husband had been missionaries for 16 years in Saudi Arabia. And, and uh, every time we saw each other, we'd high five and smile. We just talked about the things of Jesus. Well, she was going to be my nurse. And then this precious black woman who popped gum like Miss Chris. She reminded me of Miss Chris. She laughed like Miss Chris. And she walked down the hall just popping her gum and laughing, talking out loud to everybody. There's 65 beds back there. And this woman, she just, but she's a head nurse. And so she comes in and, and the little Filipino nurse starts working on me and just going to be a short thing. And I was like, well, are you going to shoot me up or deaden something? You, am I going to feel this? You know, this thing's down into my heart and you just, and it's, oh, no problem. And so she starts and after a few minutes, Suzanne gets up and walks out because there, it's just not going well. And she's trying to get this thing out. Well, what had happened, it had been in there so long uh, that the blood and the skin had all dried up together. So they're pulling skin when they're trying to get this thing out of my chest. And so the head nurse, she goes off and uh, 
And as soon as she walks off, my little Fil- Filipino nurse, she's working on me. She goes, she starts, Quandaria, Quandaria, da da Dios, Quandaria, Shaka, Jesus. In Jesus' name, this is coming out. There's going to be no infection in the name of Jesus. She's just praying over me, Quandaria. She's just going from the spirit to English, back to Filipino English. And she, she's praying in all kinds of languages, you know. And, and, and the other nurse comes by, and then she just slows down her praying to underneath her breath. And she walks by and she says, how's it going? Oh, I'm going to get it. And uh, she walks off and she started praying in tongues again. Come on, somebody. See, there are times when you need somebody else in your life. Because at first she had told me, you know, if you just clip this and this, you could pull it out yourself. Like when hell freezes over, <laughs> will, I, will I attempt to pull that thing out of my own chest? But man, she prayed in the spirit until she said, I got it. And she goes, take a deep breath. And I went, and she like pulls this thing out. And it's just flopping around. Suzanne like turns around and walks off. She said, here, you want to see it? And I said, if you want me to pass out. I mean, it's, it's, it's too, that thing had just been in my heart. Thank God that God's purpose and plan for my life required somebody else to be a part of blessing. Man, that's good. Sometimes God brings someone else into your life, whether it's a medical or a banking situation or a friend or a mom or a dad, he brings the right person at the right time. You know why? Because God does everything on purpose, intentionally. Tonight, for seven nights, we're going to gather intentionally. We're going to gather to fulfill what God has for us. And I want to encourage you, let nothing stand in the way of you coming tonight being a part of this. Invite your friends. Invite everybody that's not here today. Invite folks that you know have been going on vacation. Call them and say, hey, don't forget tonight we're having prayer and worship, a word. Next Saturday night, we're going to share communion together. Tonight at 6.30, I'll start the service by calling us to fast. You need to prepare to fast. With your children, prepare. What does that mean? What what do they have the grace for? Don't put stuff on your kids that they can't handle. They can handle losing their iPads for a week. They can. They can handle turning television off. You might not be able to handle it, but they can handle it. They will survive. Turn it off. You know, if they're addicted to chocolate, it's a great thing to fast. Ladies, men, just saying. Fast intentionally. I want to hear what God has to say. What do I need to give up and put aside? Clean up, clean out. Fasting's not fun, okay? Fasting is the slowest thing you'll ever do in your life. It's just slow. For me, I have to get up every day and just leave the house. Because when I'm fasting at home, that refrigerator gets bigger, bigger, bigger. The pantry just opens by itself. (laughs) Chips, cookies, everything are just screaming, eat me, eat me. (laughs) You drive down the road and you're tempted to go in restaurants, you would never go in in your life when you're fasting. But do it intentionally, all right? Bow your heads. Father, I thank you. 
I thank you that as we go into 2022, that we can do it with purpose. We don't want to react to what happens day to day or what happens on the news. We want to live finding your purpose and realizing how empowering and strong and mighty it is. Father, that knowing your purpose is life-giving to us and knowing that you created us to live out your purpose and plan for our life will change us. So I pray today for all of us, everyone in this room, everyone that's watching online, Father, that we will indeed hear and know your voice. I pray especially for all the men, the dads, the granddads in this place. You called us to lead. You anointed us to lead. Let this be a year like no other. Let us rise up as men of God, hearing the voice of our Father, walking out what He has. Bring revelation, I pray, to everyone in this room who needs a revelation of what their purpose in life, right here, right now, their journey, 2022. God, what is it you have for us, for me? Thank you that you're gonna speak. Thank you that you gave us ears to hear. I bless you, Father. With every head bowed and every eye closed and believers, would you just pray for a moment? I just wanna to speak to those of you watching online and anyone in this room today, you don't know and you do not have a personal relationship with Father God through his son, Jesus Christ. No better time than right now, the beginning of this year this second day of January to surrender because God loves you so much. And he has a purpose and a plan for your life and you have yet to fulfill it. You've done everything you know how to do and you've been left empty and wanting. Today, Jesus wants to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. Everyone in this room that's saved has done what you're about to do, gone where you're about to go in a decision by faith to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I wanna live out the rest of my life with purpose. If that's you in this auditorium this morning, would you just raise your hand? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a moment. If you're watching online, text us or call us, but you're here today and you're ready to get about living out the purpose of God for your life. Would you just lift up your hand, let me lead you in a prayer. Hey Amen, I see those little guys' hands and I love it. Anyone else? Ask all of you and those watching online, pray this prayer with me for the sake of these children. Father God, thank you for loving me. Today, I surrender my life completely to you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for these little guys. Thank you.
you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.